Welcome to the discussion, Mission Proven Commercial Capabilities Across Earth and Space, sponsored by Maxar. Here's today's moderator, John Gilroy. Welcome and thanks for joining us. My guests today are Tony Frazier, Executive Vice President for Global Field Operations at Maxar, Chris Shank, Vice President for Civil and National Security Space at Maxar, and Mark Giaconia, Senior Director of Analytics Engineering at Maxar. Tony, first question for you. You know, people are watching this or listening to this, use satellite technology every single day, but they don't know anything about Maxar. <laughs> it's been around since 1957 and has over 5,800 employees. Tony, can you give us a little bit about the company and share some examples of how our audience interacts with Maxar technology? So Maxar was formed two years ago through the combination of Digital Globe and a Canadian company named MDA. Uh, and for the first year and a half, we operated under different brands. So our legacy companies. So uh, we had Digital Globe, uh, Radiant Solutions, Space Systems Lorale, and MDA. And at the beginning of the year, uh, we did our, we domesticated in the US uh, and uh, consolidated all of the US brands under MaxR. And so today we provide a variety of earth intelligence and space infrastructure solutions to customers across the public and private sector. And to your question about how they interact with our technology, uh, applications like online mapping and satellite radio are enabled with MaxR technology. So uh, also for those in the audience uh, that uh, are affiliated with the US government, uh, anyone with a .gov.mil email address are able to uh, access uh, MaxR satellite imagery. Uh, it's paid for and we have hundreds of thousands of users across the community. Uh, and we also have many team members embedded at uh, different agencies around the community. We have 1,500 cleared team members supporting uh, different types of missions. Yeah, uh, on radio you can say that's the phrase that pays. In Washington, <laughs> D.C., 1,500 cleared team members. That's, that's bragging rights, isn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> that's great. So you gave us kind of an overview. It's kind of hard to summarize exactly what Maxar does. Give us more of this breadth and scope, please. We think of our purpose as uh, helping our customers harness the potential of Earth intelligence space infrastructure to transform missions. So. Uh, we wake up every day focused on helping customers understand and navigate our changing planet, uh, enable global broadband communications, and also support uh, emerging missions around space exploration. Uh, so we work with different agencies across uh, the U.S. government, so whether it be intelligence, defense, or civil agencies. Uh, we partner with dozens of foreign allies uh, to support their, their missions. And we work with the largest commercial technology companies in the, in the world. So just a few examples. Uh, in the commercial tech space, we work with uh, companies like Google, Apple, Microsoft, Facebook, Uber. They all leverage uh, our imagery to power their mapping applications. Uh, in the US government, uh, we have large contracts with the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency uh, and many of their mission partners to support their, uh, their geospatial intelligence requirements. And then with NASA, we are partnered with them on uh, their initiatives to get back to uh, the, the moon. So you know, we're through the Artemis program, uh, we're gonna be putting the first woman and uh, the next man on the moon. And so they're leveraging our power propulsion element technology to power the lunar gateway. Now, Tony, we have satellites circling Earth all the time. Some are pointing out towards the stars, some are pointing towards the Earth. That's right. And I think Maxar has diversified beyond satellite imagery into Earth intelligence. Well, tell me more about that concept. Absolutely, so we've been on a journey over the past decade to go from collecting lots of information, what we call pixels, uh, and turning that into information insight. Um, so when we started on this journey, we had 
a vision of revealing insight uh, where when it matters. And, and so we were early adopters of emerging technologies like cloud computing, artificial intelligence, and machine learning to support that process of, of extracting all that information you know, from our imagery uh, and turning it into to useful uh, information. So just a few examples. Uh, we use computer vision algorithms, so machine learning, uh, to be able to uh, do things like uh, detect new construction uh, within uh, an image, automate the production of maps, so identify where all the roads, the buildings, uh, and points of interest are uh, in maps, uh, and also help uh, thousands of intelligence analysts search broad areas on very rapid uh, timelines. You know, when I hear NASA and Artemis and, and intelligence, uh, I think of a bunch of rocket scientists over there. So that's you guys are, a bunch of white lab coats rocket scientists or what? We, we have a few. We have a few <laughs> rocket scientists, but, but we have a pretty diverse talent base across the company because to support the missions, uh, we need aerospace engineers and data scientists and software developers and cloud experts, uh, system engineering. You know, these are all uh, really important uh, for, for the mission. So. Uh, within my group alone, you know, we focus on um, uh, supporting the missions, you know, of our of our customers, and uh, we've added over 100 additional team members, you know, this year to support all the growth, you know, we've had uh, across the community. Uh, we uh, this year in 2020, we expect to add 200 team members, have close to 100 interns. Uh, we we definitely feel like you know we're we want to be a talent magnet, you know, for diverse uh, talent in the future. You know, Tony, I hear these words, geo, you know, geospatial analysis, intelligence tradecraft. It seems like there's different silos of information. So how do you kind of wrestle them all together? Like a big rope or something? <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of it is, is pushing that data into the cloud and then you know, allowing our customers to drive different types of analytics and build derived products from it. So, so one example you know, of that is, I'll give a technology example and I'll give a mission use case. So on the technology side, we have a joint venture called Rikon. Uh, which was a uh, a uh, initiative we started three years ago to build the globe in 3D. You know, mm -hmm. so we have 100 petabytes of imagery in our archive. We've essentially built a uh, an inventory of change across the planet. Those images are taken from different angles, and as a result, you know, we're able to create a 3D representation of the Earth with that. So we were recently awarded a, a big contract with the Army to support their synthetic training environment, an initiative called One World Terrain, uh, that's gonna be powered by, by Vricon. So that's a really interesting application of technology to support next generation mission planning uh, and uh, mission execution. Okay. Another, another example, just to, to hit on, is more of a mission use case. So I was uh, recently at the AWS reInvent conference and mm -hmm. spoke about how we're applying artificial intelligence to support uh, disaster response. Uh, missions, and so we we had um, we have a program that we started in 2017 called an open data program, where around major events we make our imagery available to the public to support crisis response operations. And so uh, since 2017, we've activated 50 events. So whether it's wildfires, floods, uh, earthquakes, hurricanes, you know, all those events they drive massive change in a short amount of time. And satellites are uniquely positioned to collect that information at scale. And so one of the uh, recent examples with Hurricane Dorian, you know, we were able to have uh, our imagery available to the public, but we also did rapid damage assessments. So we were able to, within uh, a matter of an hour, do damage assessment for 3,000 buildings using a combination of artificial intelligence and crowdsourcing. 
So people want more information. Uh, the company you mentioned was V R I C O N. Is that what it is with the V? That's right. Yeah. Right the 3D stuff sounds fascinating. It really does. My guests today are Tony Frazier, Executive Vice President for Global Field Operations at Maxar, Chris Shank, Vice President for Civil and National Security Space at Maxar, and Mark Giaconia, Senior Director of Analytics Engineering at Maxar. I'm your moderator, John Gilroy, on the discussion Mission Proven Commercial Capabilities Across Earth and Space sponsored by Maxar on Federal News Network. As a trusted mission partner to the federal government, Maxar provides Earth intelligence and space infrastructure capabilities that reveal insights about our changing planet and unlock the potential of space. We enable government agencies to map, monitor, understand, and respond to global change and advance space technology and exploration. Maxar provides mission-grade commercial capabilities for dynamic threats. See how Maxar is shaping the future at Maxar.com. Welcome back to the discussion, Mission Proven Commercial Capabilities Across Earth and Space, sponsored by Maxar on Federal News Network. My guests today are Tony Frazier, Executive Vice President for Global Field Operations at Maxar, Chris Shank, Vice President for Civil and National Security Space at Maxar, and Mark Giaconia, Senior Director of Analytics Engineering at Maxar. I'm your moderator, John Gilroy. Going to turn some attention to Mark here. You know, you have a very unique position, literally boots on the ground when it comes to using satellite information. So how have you made this transition from a guy in the mud <laughs> to a data scientist to a lead on the analytics team? Um, it's funny, actually. Uh, this started out as a complete accident. <laughs> and Don't actually, tell your boss that. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was basically uh, initially kind of forced on me to become an intelligence um, guy. So I was an operator, Green Beret. Um, I was reassigned to be an intelligence instructor in what we called the Operations and Intelligence School. And they told me I was going to teach something called GIS. And I thought that was like some kind of weapon system <laughs> initially. <laughs> and I learned that it was actually geographic information systems. Long story short, that turned into me learning and teaching myself how to write code and then progressing on that front through education and all that. But Ultimately, going from ops and intel, since it's so map-centric, into Maxar and First Digital Globe was actually pretty natural once I had, you know, raised my game on the technology side. Uh, and then having the ops and intel background gave me kind of a natural analytics play to it. So, you know, once I, once I uh, was able to code and, and, and do the analytics piece, it was a pretty natural move into Maxar and actually I... I'm one of the few who left Maxar at one point, but I actually came back uh, because I was lacking in that mission closeness, you know, feeling that I had. Yeah. So, at Harvard Business School, they'd say you have to understand the customer, and <laughs> yeah, I would say exactly. from Maxar's perspective, you're the one. You understand what the customer needs, what that guy in the field needs as far as communication goes, don't you? Yeah, totally. Um, imagery was a big part of you know, the operations I did in the Balkans and in Iraq and other places. Uh, fundamental to what you do as an ops planner and also an intel uh, person. So, yeah, pretty natural. Yeah. So can you give us more insight on how uh, Maxart applies commercial success to the military? Yeah, I mean, a couple ways. Uh, one obvious one is our imagery is commercial. And uh, we are basically a huge partner in the GeoInt community for providing that commercial data into the, the government and the mission use case. I think we're we're huge on that one. Uh, but we also bring in the tradecraft and the speed and agility of a commercial software development and analytics company into that um, on the analytics side. So 
you know, we build software and we do analytics um, and we del deliver imagery. And almost everything we do is actually kind of a commercial first model on, on doing that. So, you know, we leverage open source. We're heavy contributors to open source. Um, and we leverage, you know, machine learning tools and the cloud and all that. So, yeah, I wouldn't put us in the same box as like your typical government contracting company where uh, we don't have a big commercial presence for what we do. We're, we're only embedded in all these agencies. But I would say generally we're commercial first, but on the solutions and on the edge, we are embedded very deeply in the customer. So I think we're really good at actually spanning that boundary and bringing all the commercial goodness into it. Yeah, I've been to uh, events where senior federal leaders have said, let's see what's going on in the commercial marketplace and take advantage of their mistakes and, totally. <laughs> and then apply it right there because yeah. that's going to be an efficient way to adapt that to the federal government, isn't it? Totally. You can fail much faster <laughs> commercially. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> where in the, the government side, you have a tendency because of the way, you know, tasks are managed and stuff, the, it's harder to fail quickly. Uh, often it takes a little too much time. So do, we do a lot of stuff commercially and then bring the result in rather than you know, doing all of it inside. Although sometimes we, we have to do it all in the firewall. Yeah, you know, Mark, I've done over 600 interviews here on Film News Network. And the trending phrase, as you know, is artificial intelligence. You, know? you can yep. probably go to the gas station, the guy's gonna say we use artificial intelligence here. Everyone's <laughs> totally. using it everywhere. <laughs> but I think Maxar, from what I've read, is really applying it. I mean, you, you have this massive amounts of information. You know, Tony talked about petabytes of information. And it could be like uh, uh, Bruce Springsteen, 500 channels, nothing to watch. Or 500 right. petabytes, now what? And so right. you're using AI to uh, leverage that information, aren't you? Absolutely. Tony mentioned a few items, but let me first say this. Like, in my opinion, we have to use it. Like, we don't have a choice. Um, we have 100 petabytes of imagery. So to put that in perspective, the Library of Congress is roughly three. So we're like 30x the size of the Library of Congress in pixels. Um, and our pic pixels aren't like pictures of cats you see on the internet. <laughs> you know, no, they're, they're not actually, for Green Beret. <laughs> yeah, they're, there's stuff in our imagery that you can't see with the naked eye, but it's in there for information. Um, and in order to exploit that much data to get something meaningful out of it, you really have to use ML and AI to just find stuff in it. Picture this too, it gives a little more context. One of our birds up in the space, our spacecraft, um, takes a picture. We can actually cover from Baltimore through DC in one shot. Amazing. And with each pixel in that image being roughly the size of the home plate on the baseball field. On, in reality. So one pixel equals about 30 centimeters. Then we use machine learning to accurize that down to roughly 15 centimeters of resolution. And some of those images, one image can be almost a terabyte. So um, that's basically one image per laptop of storage. Try to think of it like that. So in order to find important things in that imagery for like an Intel and ops use case, there's really no way to do it without doing ML. So we're not one of those companies that you know, downloads the most recent open source machine learning thing, does a quick hello world on it, and then <laughs> claims we do ML. Like we do production grade ML for a bunch of use cases. I mean, it, My guests today are Tony Frazier, Executive Vice President for Global Field Operations at Maxar, Chris Shank, Vice President for Civil and National Security Space at Maxar, and Mark Giaconia, Senior Director of Analytics Engineering at Maxar. I'm your moderator, John Gilroy, on the discussion, Mission Proven Commercial Capabilities Across Earth and Space, sponsored by Maxar on Federal News Network.
As a trusted mission partner to the federal government, Maxar provides Earth intelligence and space infrastructure capabilities that reveal insights about our changing planet and unlock the potential of space. We enable government agencies to map, monitor, understand, and respond to global change and advance space technology and exploration. Maxar provides mission-grade commercial capabilities for dynamic threats. See how Maxar is shaping the future at Maxar.com. Welcome back to the discussion, Mission Proven Commercial Capabilities Across Earth and Space, sponsored by Maxar on Federal News Network. My guests today are Tony Frazier, Executive Vice President for Global Field Operations at Maxar, Chris Shank, Vice President for Civil and National Security Space at Maxar, and Mark Giaconia, Senior Director of Analytics and Engineering at Maxar. I'm your moderator, John Gilroy. Going to turn the camera to Chris now. Chris, can you give me an overview of some of the space programs that Maxar is working on today? Yeah, John. So Maxar's legacy, first off, is, uh, is the, the DNA that, that Tony discussed is 60-year legacy, where we built uh, over 280 satellites with over 2,200 years of operational on-orbit experience. Now, that's been primarily for commercial satellite uh, communications, you know, high bandwidth, you know, uh, uh, broadband communications uh, for users, but also, too, for the, for the U.S. government, uh, Department of Defense, as well, uh, as, well as NASA. Currently today, we have over 90 satellites on orbit. That is more than any uh, that we have built, uh, that Maxar has built in our legacy. Those 90 satellites are more than any other company has built uh, you know, right now. One of the things we're building right now, working on, is uh, the Restore-L mission. We're working closely with the folks at NASA Goddard Space Flight Center up in uh, Greenbelt, Maryland, as well as the West Virginia Robotics Technology Center in uh, what we're doing is building a service, uh, a service station and refueling capability for a currently on-orbit NASA satellite. And so we'll be, uh, we'll be launching that in the next couple of years. The next thing we're also doing, as, as Tony mentioned, with the NASA's Artemis program to return uh, you know, to the moon, the, return men to the moon and the first woman uh, by 2024, uh, we're building the first element, which is the power and propulsion element. And that's building off of the legacy work that we've done with electric propulsion. 30 out of the 90 satellites currently on orbit today uh, that we've built uh, have electric propulsion capabilities on it. And so we're spinning in that technology uh, capability to then go orbit around the, the moon as a, as a gateway uh, for that uh, future Artemis landing. And we're working with the, so we're working with the uh, NASA team on that. Now, Chris, if I'm 23 years old and listening to this, NASA, robots, Mars, I mean, you're the guy I want to send my resume to, huh? I mean, this is what everyone wants to get involved with. This is a lot of fun, isn't it? Yes, please return my LinkedIn uh, <laughs> request, <laughs> you know, for that. And, and that's one of the reasons I, I came to, uh, to Maxar after 25 years in, uh, in government, is because of, uh, as uh, Mark discussed, the mission focus uh, that we share with the people. So it was an easy transition for me after 25 years in the Air Force and civilian government uh, to join the, the, the team at Maxar, because uh, this is where we're, uh, we're building uh, new capabilities for our DOD customers as well as our, our NASA customers. As well as, as well as, I have to say, the commercial customers, as Tony mentioned, the, you know, the, the Amazons, the Googles, et cetera, are using our Earth intelligence data. It's, it's awful hard to predict the future in this dynamic industry. And, uh, but I'm going to ask you to. <laughs> so, so, so where do you see the future of space exploration? I mean, is Mars going to be simple, easy peasy, or where do we go from here, from the moon? Maxar has been on Mars for over the last 15 years uh, with our robotics capabilities. So uh, we are part of an overall team uh, working on the various new capabilities. And the two 
primary areas that, that Maxar focuses on for those missions is, uh, as I discussed earlier, our propulsion capabilities, as well as our uh, robotics. So we have been on Mars with those robotic arms that you've seen in the, the various Mars rovers, as well as uh, just here a little over a year ago with NASA, NASA's InSight mission uh, with a robotic arm there, as well as we're launching the Mars, we're on the Mars 2020 mission uh, with uh, robotics capabilities, as well as, a, um, uh, as well as to the moon as well. So and th then you marry that with our, our, our software engineering experience, like, uh, like Mark and a team of PhD uh, level work, as well as folks right out of, uh, kids right out of college, uh, to come be a part of building the highly reliable, agile development software that we'll be uh, needing for, because that artificial intelligence is not only applied to our Earth missions, it's also uh, can be applied to roving around on Mars. And it's the astronauts working together with the robots that will ensure a safe and secure mission uh, is accomplished. So that what we're doing is the robot will be doing you know, the dirty and dangerous tasks and will save time and effort, be more efficient for the astronauts. You know, Chris, earlier Mark talked about high resolution, he talked about baseball field and home plate, I'm still thinking about that. So, so what is the future for this high resolution? Where, how far can it go? Maxar currently operates today the world's most complete constellation of satellite reconnaissance capabilities, primarily for our DOD and intelligence community customers. And we can talk more about that in, uh, in the right classification setting for as you send the resume in, we'll work on getting the clearances for those folks. But what we're doing is, is uh, what I can say right now is, uh, we, uh, as uh, Mark mentioned, you can get to that level of resolution, as well as the breadth with each, each year, we get roughly one, square, one billion square kilometers. Uh, of information coming in uh, each year from currently. Then next year, or 2021, we'll be launching the next generation of uh, Legion, Worldview Legion satellites. Um, and those satellites will actually, uh, those six satellites, those first six, which will be a series in that constellation, will be bringing uh, our revisit capability to the dangerous uh, places around the world. We'll be able to revisit them 15, over 15 times a day. Uh, which, is a, which is a great capability, especially when you want to monitor uh, dangerous places in the, uh, in the world. So this is the new capabilities that we're, that we're building today uh, for both NASA as well as our, uh, our DOD and Intel customers. So when people like Mark are in the field, they can save lives because of the information they get from the services Maxar provides. Right. And also too, I need to say, it's also for, uh, not just for DOD and Intel, it's also for disaster relief. The mm -hmm. folks at FEMA you are, use our imaging, the D, uh, DHS as well. A lot, we have a number of, of government customers as well as the commercial customers. Tony, do you want to jump in here? I just add that the, for the piece we've talked about, Legion is going to be our opportunity to connect the dots across all the capabilities of Maxar. So we're building our own spacecraft to support our Earth intelligence missions. And uh, in order to be able to extract insights on the timelines that matter for our mission partners, whether it's in disaster relief, a military operation, or even commercial applications, we have to do that leveraging artificial intelligence machine learning. And so a lot of the things we're doing to uh, demonstrate what's possible with our existing constellation, Legion's gonna be a force multiplier for, for the mission, and we're really excited about how it's gonna bring us together as one Maxar. Great. I'd like to thank today's guests, Tony Frazier, Executive Vice President for Global Field Operations at Maxar, Chris Shank, Vice President for Civil and National Security Space at Maxar, and Mark Giaconia, Senior Director of Analytics Engineering at Maxar. I'm your moderator, John Gilroy, and you're listening to Federal News Network.
Thank you for listening to the panel discussion, Mission Proven Commercial Capabilities Across Earth and Space, sponsored by Maxar on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network.